This is the Life Recreated Podcast, episode number two. And today we're going to be talking about creating the marriage you love with special guest, Jory Miller. So if you're ready, let's create the life you love. Tell us who Jory Miller is. You know what I mean? Like, I want, I want to know your background, uh, where you're from. I also want to know, uh, you know, how you and your wife met and how this, this marriage was started. If you could just share that. Uh, with okay. us, uh, this well, to answer your question, first, um, again, my name is Jory Miller. I'm from uh, a small town in Louisiana called Geismer uh, in the Ascension Parish in between Baton Rouge and New Orleans. So for a lot of outsiders, I just say I'm from Baton Rouge because they either know Baton Rouge or New Orleans. They don't know the Ascension Parish, let, let alone Geismer. Uh, but that's where I'm from, small town. Um, as you mentioned before, you know, I'm 24 years old. Um, I moved to Virginia Right after high school, I graduated May of 2013, and I jumped. I left immediately. You know, July of 2013, I was I was gone, and uh, I felt like it, I had to leave. I had to have a sense a sense of urgency about leaving because I have a sense of urgency about my life, you know, right. and just getting things going for myself and uh, just seeing everyone. Anyone that stayed home was stagnant. Anyone that stayed home was you no. Know, you either got a felony, you got a baby. Right, you right, right, right. <laughs> you made right. other mistakes. That's just kind of you. No, life just happened, and it's kind of too difficult. You kind of get bogged down, man. And I didn't, I didn't want that. You know, I watch a lot of the, you know, planet, Animal Planet, and Discovery. And I'm like, it's too much out here for me just to stay in this one place. So I had right. a relative that stayed in Virginia, uh, and he was the only outlet that I had. So I reached out to him, uh, which is my uncle, and that's all she wrote. You know, right. and um, that was 2013. Jesus, hold on! Don't crucify me, wife. Uh, in 2014. <laughs> don't get that. Don't mess this up, man. I know, this right? Is about creating a marriage um, you love. Don't mess that one up, right? I know, right? Uh, right. I, I met my wife in May of 2013. I mean, 2014. Excuse me, May 2014. I met my wife, and then uh, we got we got married the in June of 2016. Gotcha. So how did y'all meet? We met at my job. I used to be a recruiter and account manager for uh, Tide Water Staffing. And one of her friends came in. One of her friends is my uncle's cousin on his dad's side. And they just came to the you know to the office, put in an application, and just so happened that her friend, which was Akira, was with her. And they were all together. And, uh, you know... <laughs> They put in the application. She didn't even need a job. She just put in the application. And I just remember myself, you know, just going over there, kind of introducing myself. Because my first time that I met my my uncle's cousin, you know what I'm saying, family friend. Right. Um, and then so I introduced myself to them. And then I say, well, who's your friend? And then she's like, oh, this is Jakira. She was filling out her like, application being bougie, right? So she act like, I say, I know she act like, I know she see me here. Like, I know, I know you see me. Like, just me, I'm bro, I'm. I'm like that, so I'm just, you know, right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So, like, I know you see me or whatever. And she was playing, you know, hard to get a little bit, playing bougie. I invited them over for some spaghetti, right? Because I know I can cook. I just, I was about to go on lunch break. They didn't come. They were like, uh, "Now nah, we good." It's okay. So I, I left, but I made sure. Because she was, I said, okay, she's kind of cute or whatever and stuff like that. I like her. I think this is maybe, I don't know. I was seeking a wife, bro. 
I never been I have been Sullivan for and I'm being very transparent for almost right. a year. You know, I was seeking a wife. I've been praying hard for a wife and every potential prospect that came across that counter or anywhere. I was no, I was look, yeah, you you don't know, but you may be my wife. <laughs> all right, all right, gotcha. And, uh, gotcha, gotcha. I, I got back from break. Now I, I made sure I, I made sure that I stashed her application. I found her application and put it somewhere where I can find it. Well, yeah, you, could, you already got a you already got a phone number anyway. No, you know I didn't. I mean? I, he didn't want to give it up. Oh, okay. It was but on the application. I got the phone number from the application. There you go. Right, right. <laughs> I stashed the application so I knew I could find it when I needed it again. And uh, right. it just so happened, though, right? So this how, is this how women be, man. They act like to give in to conversation or whatever, be trying to be bad and bougie, right? But the next day, uh, my uncle's cousin called him and told him to tell me, uh, you know, your Kira, oh girl, Tanera friend, your Kira, said for you to tell your nephew to call her. Okay, so she had the she 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 had the send a little yeah. message, right? She didn't yeah, want to, so, okay. So she I got was you. Kinda, she was kind of hang on, hang on, put it out there like that. Oh, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. We're live. We're live. Don't put it out there. Yeah. Right, that's all, all love, and she watching. Right. So, yeah. Uh, I called her, man. Our first date was at the cookout, and that's all she wrote. Man. That's it. So it was like almost kind of like just meant to be like one of those, you know what I mean? Like when you meet somebody, just that connection, you felt like a connection right off the bat. You yeah, feel like that's what happened? Just so happened. She had just been, had gone through a lot of heartbreaks and stuff like that. I had heartbreaks in my life where I'm not starting over no more. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not starting over um, with anybody. So, you know, I'm going to, um, next relationship that I get into, that's going to be the one. Right. Right, that's what's up. She man. wasn't ready. So, she wasn't ready, but I, she, I, she she didn't know she didn't know she was gonna be the wifey, right? She didn't know. She didn't know, man. So uh, the first question I got is is and this is kind of off, just kind of bouncing off the Facebook live that I seen that you and your wife had done, and uh, and one of the things you had said, you were like, you know, you felt like you had this this mindset, and your mindset had just shifted, you know, from not the type of person that could be in a long term relationship. So like even like just you said you were like yeah I'm not starting over anymore I don't want to do this anymore so what do you think caused that mindset shift like because that that kind of stuff is not it's not like to me it's like to me it's like that kind of stuff doesn't just happen overnight you know right. what I mean where your mind completely changes so what do you think caused that mindset shift in, in your life honestly um I mean just being very transparent it was my relationship with God you know uh, because before. Um, I didn't have, I, I always had a relationship, but I didn't take it serious. You know, I was like everyone else, you know, I go to church, I do that. I do the, I was into religion and there was a point in my life where I tried my hand doing my own thing and I reaped some concussions. I mean, I reaped some uh, consequences that, that didn't sit well with me. So at that point I kind of like, okay, well, I'm gonna give this God thing a try for real, because I can't do it on my own. I know that for in order for me to turn my life around and being from Gosman, Louisiana, being, you know, have family members that every male, if you're not a drug dealer, then you're an abuser, being the son of, you know what I'm saying, someone that doesn't have the greatest reputation as far as women goes and all this other stuff, this bad stuff in my family. Um, it was going to take God for me to make my life be what I wanted it to be. What, you know what I'm saying? It's going to take God for that. So I tried God 
And um, yeah, and that's kind of really all she wrote, you know, in terms of that. So my relationship with God was was the mindset if that answers the question. Right. So do you feel like so I kind of like what I'm getting out of that, too, is that do you feel like, OK, your commitment to God and saying, you know what, God, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm really going to try this. I'm really going to go at it. Do you think that helped you to, de- to develop the mindset to have a commitment? You know what yes. I'm saying? Cause it's like, it's like, if I don't, if I don't commit to something, I'm not, I'm not going to know that I need to commit to this marriage. You follow what right. I'm saying? Cause at, cause at this point in my life, um, so I, hold on, I'm gonna give it another try to answer your question. I, um, the reason for that mindset switch is because at the time I, I wanted to truly have my life to be, I want truly to be a living sacrifice, you know, honorable and, uh, just, um, sacred unto God, you know, as much as I can. I wanted to, you know, really commit to God. So I felt like in order for me to commit to God, I needed to commit in every area of my life. And a part of that meant had to be, you know, me having a wife. Um, so yes. So yeah, because I wasn't into I wasn't into having sex, like having sex um without marriage anymore. I wasn't into that. Um I mean, I'm a man or whatever. So like the thing is like, you know, it's cool, but it's not for me. It's not when you're trying to commit to God. You know, it's not when you're trying to be used by God. So that was my thing. So that was my mindset that I want to honor God with my life. Right. But but why do it at, I mean, because at that time you were what, 20, you were 20. I was was 19. You were 19. Like why do it at 19? That's just my thing. You know what I'm saying? Because like, you know, I mean, like when I was 19, man, I was smoking weed, like driving around, just, you know what I mean? Running the right. streets. Like I had right. no idea what I was doing. So, the thing is, so, I, I thank God for, I thank God for it. But truly, I like me and my wife was talking about this earlier, but experience is the best teacher. You know, a lot of right. things I didn't have to experience. A lot of things like I never had to get in the streets because I saw what came with that. I saw how it ruined families. Some things I did dabble in, you know, but however, um, man, I, all right, that's how I can do it. This this answers your question. Like when I got to college, I had already lived the college life my four years in high school. Right. Okay. I had, okay. To the max. Okay. To the max. I had already did what people do in college. I had already done that. And what people how people are in high school, I was that person in middle school. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, so you were like. So you, yeah. so I mean, you were like, you were like, I guess you would say a gener, if you would call it a generation, you were a generation ahead. Like, you know, if I was in middle school, you was already on the high school level, doing right? And stuff like that. Got you. Honestly, man, honestly, and that's just the way it was. And so I realized I took it for what it was. I saw, uh, as far as you know, smoking, drinking, like yo, I stopped clubbing. <laughs> I've been to one one club since I graduated from high school. Uh, really? That was it, man. That's was, crazy. I got, it. bro. I peeped it. Like I just like. I saw, just the way my mind is wired, I saw it for what it was. And it's like, that's not something that I'm okay with. You know what I'm saying? Like, I see it. That don't mean nothing. You know what I'm saying? For what really matters, for what really matters, that doesn't, that, that's, that's not what really matters. You know what I'm saying? So right. I, wanted, I wanted to live my life in the wisest way. And I wanted to live my life in a way that honors God. So with that, I kind of got all this wisdom. You know what I'm saying? I read my Bible at this time as well, real heavy. And like man so i started to see things in a different light and a lot of stuff just stopped making sense to me a lot of stuff became foolishness to me at an early age a lot of stuff just became 
foolishness to me. And I wanted to, I know I, I got to play catch up. You know what I'm saying? I'm the pioneer for my family. So I don't have time right. to waste time. I realized that early on as well, that I don't have time to waste time. And, and I got in a little trouble here and there. And um, once I realized that those things are just wasting time, I immediately cut those things off. You know? Right. Uh, right, right, right. So, here. so, so, all right. So, staying along those lines, like if you at your age right now, because you just said you made a statement, you said, you know, what, my mind was just kind of wired differently. Like, how would you help, like a nineteen-year-old? Like, say, for instance, you saw a nineteen-year-old, and you know, maybe they were heading down the wrong path. What, what type of things would you say to that individual to say, hey? You know what? You got it. You got it. Like, how would you? I mean, guess the way that I'm trying to word it is like, how would you open their eyes to seeing that, you know, all these things that they're chasing aren't really worth it in the end? You Man, know what I'm saying? Like, I would based paint on the what you're saying, I would paint the picture. I would paint the picture. I would illustrate. This is this is the cause. This is the no the cause and effect. If you do this, life. These are your options. If you do this, these are your options. And also, I would really. I mean, honestly, it's just that, you know, what, 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 what matters to you, you know? Right. And if, you know, if certain things matter to you, whether it be school, whether it be having a wife, whether it be being a father because you didn't have a father, okay, bam. So with that being said, you don't want to just have, be a father. You want to be, a, you know, uh, you just want to, you want to be duplicatable. You want to be worthy of being duplicatable. So with that being said, the, the thing that you're doing right now, you don't want to duplicate that. And also, the things that you're doing right now, you keep on doing those things. You won't be able to have these things. So really, right. it's like you can't have your cake and eat it too. And I realized right. that. Uh, and we try to hold on to our cake and eat it too, and we end up, you know, just <laughs> it don't our work. Life. But man, it don't work. Right. It don't work. It don't and work. I just realized yeah. that right. early on. And I, I realized right. what things are bad too. And for me, it's go all goes back to faith, because those those things I can't honor God with that. Right. Right. I can't do those things and honor God. And I skipped out on a big part that really is the foundation of all this. I really, I got a fear of God early on, you know, a fear of God and the fear of like, what's next. So I'm like, man, <laughs> I got to qualify for what's next. I, it's just not going to be given to me. I can't, right. you know what I'm saying? I just can't just live my life any way I want to. And then expect to meet if there is a God, you know, I never was that deep, but I knew there was a God, but when I get to him like, okay, well, this is what I did with my life. Like, you ain't do. He's like, you ain't do nothing. I told you to do. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, you'd be why stuck, do you right. deserve to be with me? And right. So I was like, no. So when I thought about that, because people die like every day. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm from. It's in general. I, I can be next. Like I lost a lot of close friends to me in middle school, and just a lot of things. You know, just family dropping like flies, and like, man, I could be next. So the fear of death and the fear of God just kind of catapults me to cling to God. And, and once I right. cling to God, all the rest of these things have to come off in, in, in due time because I can't honor a relationship with God if I, if I don't love him or if I mistreat him. So I really, all my, I just really try to treat God like, like me and you talking right now. Right. I, I respect your presence and I ain't going to call your wife out her name and all that stuff because I'm here with you. I treat God and walk and live my life as if he like, as if he right here. Cause truly he is. So right. with that being said, I automatically do a lot of things right. I automatically just, you know, so right, that's right, just right, my right. mindset right there, man. Right. That's, that's, that's it. 
So then, okay, so now that mindset, I feel like it's completely opposite from, you know, like what we're seeing on our current generation. You know what I mean? Our age group, that mindset of just having a fear of God. Um, and that's like a whole nother topic, you know, because right. I've always thought about why is it so hard for our generation to have a healthy fear of God? You know what I mean? What causes it? And I got a whole bunch of theories on that. So, but that's something else we could talk about. But so then it kind of brings me to my second question is like, why do you think that, you know, like in our current generation, it, a lot of people are like staring away from the idea of marriage uh, rather than, you know, like moving towards it. They're, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're just, they're, 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 they would rather be single. They would rather be like, you know, I'll just live the single life rather than getting married. You know, I don't want to settle down. Why do you feel like our generation, our age bracket um, is doing that right now? Honestly, man, um, I hate to be biblical with everything, but like the Bible and God's word is just like the foundation and the structure of my life. Like those are the pillars of my life. So they don't have a relationship. I don't feel like people don't have a relationship with God. A lot of people don't have, they have a relationship. But they don't they don't they don't fear God. And your question is, why don't they fear? Because. All right, I'm going to take it back to the Garden of Eden. Where, uh, you know, Satan told the serpent told Eve, you know, God, no, no, he didn't say that. But he, he said that, no, that you will die if you eat this. And then Satan said, correct her. He said, no, no, he said, no, he said, no, you know, surely you will die. And he said to her, no, you won't die right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you won't die right, right now. Right, and right. that kind of gave her, like, a, okay, like, I got some space. I got some time. I can. So, cool. Because that was her fear. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, for, so, with that being said, like, a lot of people had, a lot of people, um, they see grace and mercy and love as a crutch to do what they want to do. So they know that if I serve a God, or I believe in someone that is so loving, so gracious, so merciful, that he'll forgive me of all these things. And, and this is a, this is a trend, honestly. And this is what I thought of my life, too, because I had a bucket list. You hear me? I had a bucket, right, list. Right. <laughs> I had a bucket list of things I had to do. Right. Uh, so with that being said. Where, where was I going with that? Uh, I had a bucket list. OK, bam, because this is why, you know, your teens, you walling tr traditionally 20s. You wild even more, college days, 30s, you slow down and you start to settle. 40s, it's all over with. Like, you just really settle. You're just enjoying life and you're working. Right. You're pushing towards retirement. You're trying to save all you can, get the kids out the house. 50s, you get ready for 60s. And after that, you, you know, you're really trying to relax. And then you, can, then you can make time for God when you're old and wrinkled, when you don't have the energy, right? Right. So many people, and that's just a trend. That's just a trend. Grace, uh, grace and mercy will, will be mine and be on my side until I turn 50, 60, and then I have time for God because I've done the things I want to do already. I give God his, but I, I got to get mine first. So that's why you think a lot, of, a lot of people in our generation would rather just stay single and just kind of live the single lifestyle? Simply with also that, man, people, uh, people don't want to be hurt. You know what I'm saying? Um People don't want to be hurt. People want to eat that cake, have that cake and eat it too. And um, like people don't want people don't want to give away their option, their option to. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're married, you give away your option to to, you know, 
to dabble with this person and dabble with that person. Or you give away your option to go and be out all night. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. So people right. want, I feel like, truly, 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 I feel like that's my answer right there. People don't want to give up their option. They don't want to give up options. They don't but want to then, give up options. I mean, but then I guess how, how do we as um, millennials that are married, how do we show them that a lot of those options aren't really even valid? You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, you think about it, like, and, and, and trust me, I've lived and, uh, can that I life. Can I ask you a question? Go ahead. Yeah. How do you know that those options aren't valid? How do you know that those options aren't worth anything? Well, I mean, as far as finding fulfillment in it, you know just what I'm for, saying? Like, yeah. it's the single lifestyle. So it's like, all right, when I remember when I was single, I mean, yeah, it's fun. You know what I mean? And yeah, you have a good time. And, and you know, I feel like, especially on the man side of it, when you're living that single lifestyle, it really is more about your ego. It's more about like, you know, me being a man and me doing this and me doing that rather than it being about any kind of fulfillment. You know what I'm saying? So like, cause at the end of the day, it's like, okay, yeah, I could lay down with a woman and I could, you know, do whatever I want. But at the end of the day, there, there for me, there was like no fulfillment. So then I felt like looking back on it, like, like looking back on a single lifestyle, I was like, man, you know what? It, it, it was that there was really, it wasn't even really a good option because it never really left me fulfilled. Now I'm speaking from, I wasn't a Christian back then. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if I was a Christian and I was single, maybe it'd be different. You follow what I'm saying? It would give right. me a lot more time to, to, to pursue the things of God. It would give me a lot more time to do all those things. But I mean, when I wasn't a Christian and I was single, I was like, man, this is like, you know, I mean, and then the, to me, it was just kind of like, all right, well, you start realizing like the caliber of, of individual that you mess with is like, all right, well, it, it's it just it, to me, it just wasn't there. OK, you know so saying? with me and I think for other people, well, for me, again, it was I lived I've, I've broken hearts. I've got I got my heart broken and I was at that point. I'm tired. I'm tired of this already. You know what I'm saying? I'm tired. So I really want that one. And for other people. I feel cause I have a lot of friends who are still out there, and um, honestly, like you just caught up in like for men. I heard Kanye West say this right uh, on his song about his daughter, and he, he found out that once he had a daughter, that having a woman was not about conquering her, but about nurturing her. Right. right you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and not not saying women need to be nurtured, but at the same time, like they need to be cherished. They need to be put on a pedestal like you're a diamond. You know what I'm saying? Because, uh, yeah, like they, 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 I feel like they need to be put on a pedestal. But we live in a culture where, you know what I'm saying, having multiple women, you that man. That's like having right. like, that's like having like a handful of spades. Like, yeah, bro, I, I run the table. Right. You know what I'm saying? On Instagram, I got her. I got her. Look at my phone. I just had her. Flip, 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 flip. You know what I'm saying? Picture, 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 picture. You know what I'm saying? So bad. Like, you right. the man, right? Because you right. Con you conquered and you've exploited the thing that men cherish, right. which is women. But then, it's like, but then it's like, who are you even really trying to impress? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it's, a, it's a persona, bro. It's just a persona. Because right. you got you to gotta, you gotta continue to validate who you are. And I feel like it all goes back to identity. Because right. a lot of people, we, we, you got to continue to validate that, that same identity that you had in high school. The same thing that that help you find yourself is the same thing that you try to 
stay like, you know what I'm saying? This is who I am. Like a lot of us find ourselves in high school, college or whatever. And the things that help us find ourselves, those are the things that we cling to throughout life. Right, and you right. don't want to change because if you give up those things, then you're giving up who you are. Who you are. Right. No, nah, yeah. That to makes the world. Sense. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, you've given up who you are to the world. I ain't care about the world. I ain't care. Like, you, you can't save my soul. You know what I'm saying? Or can right. you, you can't. No, right. I got can't, you. You can't I save my soul, nor can you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I don't want to be that person. I want to have, like, I want to have a family. I want to have the regular in-house family, dinner at the table. That's what I want, because I didn't have that. You know what I'm saying? So, playing games with y'all, trying to, you know what I'm saying, still be that, that guy. That's not gonna have that for me. So, like I said, I had to cut some things loose, and that's just my mind thread, my mindset. If you want this, you gotta let go. Of this it's about sacrifice, right. and not, a lot of people not willing to sacrifice. I got you. So then, all right. Well, then that kind of like leads me into my next question because if it if it's like, you know, like what we say, all right. Well, a lot of guys struggle with the persona, you know what I'm saying, and their identity of who they are. So, like as a married man, like what is like your biggest struggle? as a husband you know what i mean because let's be real like we can act like you know and, and i'm not saying that you have but i'm just saying yeah, yeah, yeah. i know that a lot of people is like all right well yeah we're married and we're like you know super husband but every single one of us <laughs> has a struggle you know right. what i'm saying every single one of us has something that we battle all right and so when you you and your wife got married what did you find was the biggest struggle that you had to deal with as a man Maybe not the whole marriage, but just as a man, what did you have to deal with? Um, it's uh, whenever honestly, I'm gonna say this: my biggest problem, and it took me a really long time to figure out the answer to this question, and I feel like I still haven't gotten it yet, because the typical things as hardships is like sex. You know what I'm saying? All these other things because you get I get I've given up those options, but right. those those aren't problems for me because again I live a um, I have a fear of God so I ain't care I don't care about my wife I love her but I'm not caring about her I care about I care about honoring God because He's here right now and, he, and he most most importantly He sees me with this woman and I feel like you know whatever so yeah so that's not that that's not my problem my struggle has come in, has come from again identity. Because it's like, as men, we've told, been told like not to cry, not to show ourselves weak, not to do all these, you know what I'm saying? Not to do all these things. And women are totally different creatures. They are everything that we're not. So in order to commune with my wife and to have a good relationship with her and to be able to understand her, I had to kind of cut off some things that made me who I am. You know what I'm saying? I had to always cut off those being always wanting, always wanting to be right. I have to, I had to give up my, my option to be right. I had to, I had no, I no longer had the <laughs> right. right to be right anymore. Right. It wasn't about right, me right. being right anymore. Um, I had, I'm very, uh, I can be very controlling. I had to give up the right, I had to, the controls. You know I'm saying I had to give it up, uh, which wasn't very easy because I'm a control freak, you know, a little bit. But uh, I picture, you no, know, I just had to give it up. That was difficult for me. Uh, right. 
you know. But those are the those are, are the main things. She may say some other stuff. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know she goes say some other stuff. <laughs> she may say some other I, stuff. You know, you know, one of our biggest one of our biggest things is that that we a lot of times we don't even see our own. You know what I mean? Like we can't yeah. see our own flaws. Everybody else can right. see it. But we think that, you know, we got everything going on, man, and we got it all together. And uh, and so, you know, it just takes somebody else to see those to really, um, to really, you know, show us what we need to change, you know right. what I'm saying, as husbands. Because it's like, you know, I remember my dad and my mom always telling me that, you know, my parents have been married for 38 years. It'll be 38 years this year. Yeah, and uh, they would tell me all the time, they'd be like, Nick, marriage is like two people going in a room and throwing away the key. Like when you're in that room, you got to figure it out, you know? And I would always, you know, at, at the time when they would tell me that, I mean, I was younger, wasn't even thinking about marriage. I'm like, man, you guys are talking crazy. But now as a husband, I'm like, okay, I understand now. Like we got to work this out. Cause I know that I struggle with those things. You know what I'm saying? And I know right. that, that it can be hard. And I mean, and, uh, you know, another thing you got to think about, too, is and I, and I think you're in this position, I think, you know, at your church, I, I went and visited, but but also being in, in, a, in a position of, of leadership, like that was one of my biggest struggles was being in a position of leadership puts you in a it can sometimes put you in a dangerous position. You know what I'm saying? To where, right. you know, you, you, you were there and especially if you have an expression, if you have an, a voice in whatever organization you're in. You know, it can put you in, in, in some compromising, not really compromising, but it can put you in situations hot water. Yeah, yeah, because, definitely. you know, you're, you're there and you're this person that's giving advice. You're this person that's, you know, sharing wisdom. And, you know, women are attracted. I believe women are attracted to leadership. They, You know, that's I feel like that's some of the way that God built us is to is for women to be attracted to that. And so, you know, one of the struggles that I faced even going into ministry and being in ministry is always kind of keeping that check and just being like, you know what? Um, I understand this is my position, my platform, but at the same time, I got to take a step back and make sure that I set those boundaries correctly. You know what I'm saying? You're right. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, all right. So this just came to mind. This is crazy, right? So a while ago, right, I used to um, I used to work security at the mall, right? You know, and know me, I think I, I'm all right. I'm kind of, you know, good looking or whatever. So anyway, I don't know what I, I was talking to this guy who worked, um, like, I don't know, who worked with the maintenance or whatever. Anyway, I was talking with him and I had this group of girls who were walking by. And, you know, women always, like, get at me or whatever. But I just be, you know, have a blessed day. I know, just whatever, just being a gentleman. But a couple of times, someone like really tried to be at me. They tried to give me their number, right? So these group, these group of girls, right? They, uh, one, it was three of them, and they were from Hampton. Uh, they had on Hampton University T-shirts, and I'm from North, I go to Norfolk State, so we're like rivals. And I right. was like, I was like, I asked them, I said, how come y'all ain't go to Patrick? They were walking by, I said, why y'all over here at McAlton Mall? Why didn't y'all go to Patrick Henry Mall, which is in Newport News? Then they're like just messing with him. He said, "Oh, whatever, whatever." I said, "All right, I bet y'all have a blessed day." Cool. Continue my conversation with my man. I was talking with right. So then they they walked out, but didn't walk too far. Kept on, keep on eyeing me. I'm looking at you, eyeing me, right. So I'm like, okay. Well, here we go, right. So <laughs> here we go, right. Right. Oh, look, just this close. I already told my wife about this, so we good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm figuring that you already yeah, yeah, mentioned yeah. that because you know you know. <laughs> All right. All right. So anyway, 
Um, girls, right? Now, the girl who was really at me, she walked off. And one of her friends came, walked up to me, and she had gave me her number, right, on a piece of paper. So I took it, right, and I took out my pen, and she said, oh, she asked for your number as well. I said, okay, here. So I, I wrote down Matthew 6 and 33 on that piece of paper, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I wrote down Matthew 6 and 33 on the paper, and I told her that um, that um, for her to – I told her to tell her friend to put God first and honor him with her life, and the Lord will send her her husband in due time. Right. And then she walked out. <laughs> She walked off, right? Okay, so so to answer your question, it was giving up the option. Like you know, one of the struggles for me is giving up the option to like. Well, like for me, like I had to give. I know that I can. I know that I can have. I know I can have certain things. You know, God gave me a gift. I can almost like, man, God gave me the gift of discernment. I, I read people very well. Like, I know women, I can almost look at a woman or someone, and I know your struggles. I know you have been through X, Y, Z men. I know you have been hurt. Like, God has given that. And it's like, it's almost obvious it's, it's written on their forehead. So right. much so. And I, you, in the past, I used this gift to my advantage. I may not be the most attractive or the most appealing or whatever goofy guy, but I am that. And I'm cool with my skin. But it's like, if someone was to hang around me for, you know, uh, I'm in your class this year. By the end of the year, you're going to feel a way about Jory, right? right? And I knew how to manipulate them. So my question was giving up that gift, to, to using that gift to honor God, to bring them into the sheepfold rather than be a wolf cloaked in sheep's clothing and sheep skin and sheep fur to have them the way I want them. Right, right. So, no, you know, I, I really believe that God, we all have gifts that we're able to draw people. But the thing is, what will you do with his people once you have them? Once you once you're able to you know uh, to put you no know, just uh, anywhere, once you're able to impact them, what will you do? What will you say? Right. And right. I fear God and I love what he loves and I hate what he hates. So I cannot I can't mistreat, mishandle his sheep. Right. So it was no, easy for me to give up that. No, that's good, and that's good to take that's advantage of, of his people. Because trust my flesh, be talking to me. I be, I wouldn't be a man if I if I I right. wouldn't be a man if I say that my eyes and give me a trouble, or I wouldn't be a world. I wouldn't be. You know what I'm saying my flesh wouldn't be my flesh if I said that my eyes didn't give me in trouble or saw whatever. That's just the way I feel like. You know what I'm saying we were wired after being after doing those things for so long. Right. But right. that comes to a point where you have to, you know, you have to give up those things. And uh, right. I gave them up early because I realized that they weren't worth it. I had to worth do all uh, the work that I'm called to do in this life. Right. So then let me ask you this next question. So, you know, kind of like flipping to the other side, we, we're talking about struggles. Let's kind of talk about some of the strengths. Like, so uh, what I've kind of realized, even in, you know, our our generation and a lot of people, and I'm, I'm sure probably even yourself included, are you know we're very goal oriented you know right. what i mean because you know and it's you know we, we look at social media and everybody always shows the good side everybody always shows what they just got and where they just moved to and all these different things so that kind of that kind of creates something in us that is like you know what i have to achieve more i need to achieve more i need to you know i want to especially in our generation i think 
you know, our age group, we feel like we need to arrive right. uh, faster than our parents did. And so one of the things that I know I've dealt with is that coming into a marriage, um, we both have separate goals. Like we both, like as a husband, I know where I wanted to be heading when, I, you know, before I got married. And my wife, she knew where she wanted to be heading before, before we got married. But then right. we come together, so we both have these different objectives and these different directions that we want life to go. But then we come together, and it's like, how do we find a balance in achieving those goals? Especially like, and I'm just trying to ask like how you and your wife might approach this. How do you all find a balance to goals? Because, yes, we have goals as a family, but I know you might have your personal goals, and she might have hers. How do you find that balance without it becoming – you know, too unbalanced to where mm. you guys are rather bumping heads rather than working together. It's crazy that you asked me because, like, we had just got like, we had just kind of gotten over this hump. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and the question that the answer to that question is unity. Um, the question is unity. I mean, the answer is unity um, because I had a lot of personal agenda that I was trying to push forward and it started to tear us apart because I have my son, I have all of these things going on and in my family, you know, I had all these blessings and my her, I'm, I'm married. I got, you know, son, uh, I'm this at my church. I'm that. And I was tending to other things that I was trying to push forward. And, um, it did try, it did kind of tear us apart. I wasn't spending any time. I was coming home super late. It was times where like, I wouldn't see my wife for like almost a week. You know what I'm saying? Like weeks at a time, uh, a couple of days. You know what I'm saying? Because I would see her in the morning. Uh, she, I'm gone early. I don't get back till late at night. And the repeat, same repeat. And we never spend any time because I'm out there trying to get it, trying to get it, trying to get it. Um, and my wife is more reserved. She, you know, well, know what? I lie because she works and um, we have our son together. But I just kind of became the typical father whereas I would put all the responsibilities of you know the child on her and so she didn't have time to really go and do the things that she want to do and by her having a baby I kind of put her life on hold we right, put her right. life on hold and we <laughs> right, tend to do right. that a lot because we're going like oh, okay yeah. bet you know what I'm saying we jumping out the nest like you got this you good right bet right. I'll be back and um right so yeah I I, I I fell into that into that you know to that stereotypical uh, male uh, you know st started to become that but then I had to I had to bag up man honestly and um, how I got that balance is I truly had to ask myself um, what mattered to me you know in life and um, a lot of people I've heard this before you know what I'm saying I've heard this before whereas a lot of people use their why as the excuse like like people misuse their why why rather than using that why okay so what right. that means is that like your why for you doing whatever you're doing is because you know your why for being doing overtime and um not not um spending time with your family is because i'm doing this for my family mm -hmm. right and mm -hmm. some people they're like okay well i'm not going to do overtime because i want to enjoy time with my family Right. So for me, I had to kind of identify like, which which seat that I sit in. 
and not that I'm misusing my why, but at the same time, um, as a man, I feel like you just have to, you just got to take the back seat sometimes. You know, you got to, you know, you, you just you really got to do what you have to do. Um, and for me, what mattered most is not not doing so much that I miss my family, that I miss time to really pour into my son, that I miss time to show my wife that, you know what I'm saying, that I love her, you know what I'm saying, by giving her time. So right. I got that time back and I got that balance back by truly putting my putting my family first, you know what I'm saying, um, and trusting in God, man, honestly, because, like, I'm, it's, if I don't go to work, I don't get paid. If I don't do this, I don't do that. I don't get that. And right. and then we then we kind of do like I, I was the epitome of faith without works is dead. <laughs> right, yeah. right, 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 I right, was right. The epitome of that man. Right. And um, yeah. So, I, but faith without works is is not compl- is, is is that's true. But works toward what you have faith in. You know what I'm saying? So I have right. faith and I'm trying to do a certain thing. So I'm putting my work in and the thing that I believe in. And I believe in right. my family. I believe in family being put first. And I believe right. in happy marriage. I believe in my wife being happy and satisfied and know that she has no regrets that I married this guy. You know what I'm saying? So right. I put that first and I put my works and I put my work in that and now and I'm gonna let everything else come later. Um as uh, as God sees fit. Right. But you have to be humble. You have to you have to be really it's really difficult. It's not easy to do that. To say that I will the things that I want so bad, the freedom, financial freedom I want so bad that I'm gonna let it come in due time. Right, right. Well, I mean, just to kind of speak to like what you're saying, the, the same thing happened to me and my wife. Yeah, and I think I had mentioned to you when I first when we first talked, you know, like I was a pastor before. And so I was in ministry for probably about five years, you know, going on five, six years. And during that time period, my wife stayed at home with the kids. You know, it was just she stayed at home with my daughter. And then when I had my son, she was at home. And so it was all about like, like my ministry, like, I got to get this thing going. I got to, you know, I'm preaching here. I'm doing this. And that's my whole life revolved around that. And my wife would be at home and it was like. You know, she would go through these 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 phases, man, where she was just depressed, and you know, and if you know my wife, whenever you, you you know y'all get to meet, man, she is like the opposite of stay at home mom. You know what I'm saying? Like she's like, right. I gotta go, I gotta go, I go. I mean, she always accomplished a lot of things, and she's always you know done a lot of things, and so, um, you know, while I was pursuing ministry, she was at home, and she was she was she was really feeling it, man, and then. What ended up happening was when I resigned last year and I kind of stepped away from that, I actually took the role of staying at home. So I became like a stay-at-home dad. And so I'm like, you know, I mean, you talk about ego trip. You know what I mean? Like I'm used to the one one used to, you know, going, you know, 100 miles an hour. And now I'm at home changing diapers. And, you know, but what, what I realized was that God had put me in that place for a reason to see that. You know, kind of even going back to the question to see that, Nick, this is not all just about your goals and your objective. You know what I'm saying? This is this is about you as a unit, you and your wife. I put you all together as a unit so that you can work. And so when I realized that, I realized, OK, God needs me to take a step back and and allow her to accomplish some of the goals and the objectives that she has and then me be the support. 
what I'm saying? And I feel like sometimes even like in the church world, man, even in the church, we kind of mess that up because we, you know, we always preach like, okay, women support your husband, support your husband, support your husband. I'm all for that. But at the same time, it also needs to be husbands support your wife, support your wife, support your wife. Because she's got goals just like you do. You know what I'm saying? Indeed. Indeed. Man. Um, but honestly, man, it takes it takes a real man to do that. You know, it takes a real man to do that. And it's not easy because, again, you letting go. Like, you giving up. You know, all your friends right. who doing this and they, they're ahead of you and all this stuff. Like, they... They doing them. They got this. They got that. And now you just got to sit back and just kind of watch, you know, while you changing diapers, you know? Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's it. That's it, I, man. You, Taking my daughter to ballet okay class. You got to be okay <laughs> yeah. with that, knowing that it's a it's a bigger thing that you're doing, you know? And oh, um, knowing that because uh, mm, I love this. And me and my wife, we – we um. I think the the, the the verse in Ephesians, uh, we said that that was kind of the foundation of our, our relationship, whereas, you know, husband, wives submit to your husband and, you know, wife and husbands, you know, uh, honor your wife and, you know, because love her as you love yourself because Christ, uh, as Christ loved the church and he gave his life, you know what I'm saying? He gave his life for the church. So therefore, I mean, I really try to embody that for our relationship. And I feel like any man that does that is willing to go that length for their wife and for their family to do what's best for them. They'll, they'll end up saving their relationship. Oh yeah. Big time. Big time. I, I know, I know personally, man, if I wouldn't have stepped away, if I wouldn't have stepped down, it would have, it would have ruined my marriage. You know what right. I mean? Like I feel like ministry ministry is one of those things where, you have to constantly keep balance because it can be so easy. Think about it. All right. Well, so, you know, if you think about it, Sunday is you ain't, that's not an off day for you. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody else gets to go to church and, you know, worship God and eat some food. But you as a minister, you're like, all right, well, you know, I got to prepare a sermon. I'm thinking, I'm thinking all week I'm trying to prepare and get ready and try and get this in my spirit. And so, right. You know, if you're not careful, you can, you can you can wrap your whole identity going back to identity. You can wrap your whole identity around that, and then kind of just think that okay, yeah, my family is just always going to be there, you know, because they're my family. Because this is what my wife said she was going to do. But the reality of it is, if you're not careful in ministry, and this is not I'm not talking to you in general. I'm just talking. Yeah, to yeah you. definitely. You know, I feel like if you're not careful in ministry, you can. A lot of guys, I think, miss that man. Your first ministry is at home, like mm. if you. If Facts. stuff at home Facts. isn't right, if stuff at home is not right, how are you going to minister to people? It's, it's not, it, 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 it won't, I mean, it'll last for a little while, but eventually we're going to start bro, seeing the truth. You can say you that again, saying? bro. You can definitely say that again. That's yeah. funny because my, That's my where it starts, man. that one, man, that your first ministry starts at home. Like my, my, we were, me and my wife, we, uh, we do uh counseling with our, uh, our pastors every so often. And, um, my, prophetess uh tanya smith she told that to my wife because my wife was so caught up on like she was like you know my ministry this and that and my gifts and whenever she whenever she told my wife that that kind of like i was kind of like because i was shocked because i was like because i need my wife I'm like i need you baby i need you to be blah blah blah, blah. and then Wait. she kind of validated that that no your husband 
is your is your congregation. Your child is your congregation. You know what I'm saying? You lay hands on them, you speaking to them. And the same thing for us though, because that didn't kind of get me, you know, off the stoop or get me off the off the bench to go do what I want to do. The same thing for me, you know what I'm saying? That she is my church, you know, and I'm I'm to I'm to care for her, you know, I'm to really to give my life for her and then then yeah, then she's gonna bless me and allow me to go and do these things. But you got I like that you said that, man. And right. um, I, I learned backwards. it, bro. I, I learned it firsthand. You know what I'm saying? I learned it firsthand. I'm telling you, you know, and I don't, I, I'm not trying to brag on, you know, not really trying to brag, but just boast on the fact that I did step down from that. But I knew, and God was showing me, like, Nick, if you stay on this path, just constantly doing this, you, there's not gonna, it, it, you ain't gonna have no, you know what I'm saying? There's not gonna be any ministry because you're gonna right. lose your family. You know what I'm saying? In pursuit of it. You know what I'm saying? Because I had, you know, you think about it, man, a lot of people, I mean, my my vision for, for the ministry I had was like worldwide. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to go to China and be a missionary and just crazy stuff. You know what I mean? I'm telling my wife all this crazy stuff. Like, yeah, let's go to China. And she's like, you know, I mean, my mom, she's a rider, man. So she was like, yeah, let's go to China. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, you know, I had this 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 vision that was like, okay, it, it, it was so much bigger. But you know, I had to I had to realize, man, if I lose that, it, it ain't gonna. All the goals in the world that I got it ain't even gonna matter, man, because you know I, I won't have anything to really fall back on. I won't have a family, you know. Mm. So, can so, I ask you a question? Yeah. All right. Uh, how do you? Um, and I, I have my own way of kind of getting myself out of my soapbox. Whenever I kind of, you know, kind of like you kind of, I good, I gave up this, so I can't believe I'm doing this, and like, uh, I'm not in the game, and I'm on the bench. Uh, I know I have my own way of getting my mind right, uh, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Um, but my question to you is, and also for other men, for men that put their, when putting their wife or their house first, takes them out of their life and kind of puts their life on hold or time out, so to speak. How do you advise and how do you do, how do you, um, how do you speak to yourself to get yourself out of that funk, out of that place that, you know, like almost like, oh, not that you've given up, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, how do you, how do you speak to yourself? How do you encourage yourself um, to let yourself know that you, you, you're, you're doing the right thing? Right. So the way I look at it is like this, you know, I, I played sports in high school and like one thing that a lot of people I feel missed, especially in sports is the need for rest you know what i'm saying like if i'm playing in a game and my body is telling me like i'm tired i'm not going to perform to my max you know what i'm saying and so your body needs rest just like if i break a bone my body needs time to heal my you know what i'm saying like this is just a natural process of life is that you know we are built to have to need time to just slow down and stop you know what i'm saying that's why god created the sabbath you know what I'm saying? It's it's, mm. it's we have we have to we got to rest, you know. And so uh, it was difficult in, in the beginning because my ego was really wrapped around me being a provider. You know what I mean? I always prided myself on on being a hard worker and I see yes. my dad be a hard worker. And so I've always said, well, I'm never going to let my family struggle. I'm never going to let them you know, have to deal with hardship because I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get it and I'm going to do my very best to get it. And so it was difficult in the beginning, but then I realized that this time for me right now 
is time to heal. You know what I'm saying? This is time to to heal on so many different aspects. Spiritually, it's time to heal emotionally. It's time to heal physically. It's time to heal in my relationships with my children, my wife. You know what I'm saying? And so the way that I had to talk myself out of the funk was I had to realize, like, look, it's just this is just like a game, man. It's like a football game, man. You right. just take rest. You're taking a rest on the bench right now, and you know you need that rest because when you get back in the game, guess what? You're gonna have to hit it hard. And so if you're not rested up, you know you're gonna you're gonna struggle. You know what I mean? And so that's how I really just had to encourage myself, man. I had to encourage myself on that front, and then also too, I started going to therapy. Like I actually started seeing a counselor, and me and her would sit down and we would talk. And we would hash out a lot of things, man, because as men, you know, we we tend to like, you know, we're, we're like, all right, well, we got God built us with these big shoulders. So I'm just going to hold everything that I have to deal with on my shoulders and I'll be all right, you know, and never really let any of that out, never really discuss any of it. And so then what ends up happening is like we're like, you know, we're like over time, man, you start seeing cracks. And, and if you don't let any of that out. It, it, it ends up it can end up destroying you you know what i mean i'm a firm believer of that so yes, that, yeah, that therapy man. really helped me out man was just to just talk to my counselor talk to her and just say hey look this is what i'm going through this is what i'm feeling this is why i'm you know i'm struggling in these areas and uh and she really helped me that was part of the reason i even started doing this podcast the, the what inspired this podcast was actually I, I got done with a therapy session and she was like you realize that you are in a place where you can start from ground zero and build this back up the way that you want to build it you know what i'm saying and and i was like boom that's that's it you know what i'm saying so wait um, so i like that the way that wait because what's the name of your podcast i think it's life it's a uh, life recreated life, life recreated Recre okay man. so yeah. it makes sense it makes perfect sense it makes perfect sense okay right i, I see right. it now because you know i mean you man throughout our whole life for the majority of us, everybody else kind of creates what our life should be. Like our parents tell us, okay, this is how you're supposed to act. You know, you go to school, teachers are like, Hey, this is how you're supposed to operate in society, you know, but we never stop and take the time to say, wait a second, hold on. I have the ability. God has given me the ability to really create this life the way that I want to see it happen. You know what I mean? Whether it be something that he inspires me to do, you know what I'm saying? Whether it be a goal or an objective that I have, I have the ability to really create that. You know what I mean? Like, and be intentional about it. And so that was really my whole mindset on it was like, man, like just to help people to, to realize that, man. So many people, you think about it, man, so many people are going through life and they're like, oh, well, life is doing this and that. And they don't realize they have control. You know what I'm saying? They have, they have control. When people treat you a certain way, you have control of that. And the way you control it is you get them out of your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's simple. Like, if, if I want a yes. good marriage, I have control. I can go to my wife and say, hey, let's work this together. And let's be intentional about it and take control of that. And when I do that, guess what? When I look at my life and I see all that God has done and I see all that is transpiring, I say, you know what? It's because I took control. I took responsibility of it, you know? So Facts. I like that. That's, I, that's a long answer to that question. You know what I mean? But that's how I kind of encourage myself, man. And, and then, you know, and then also too, it's like, even when I'm at home, man, I look at a lot of dads, like you said, you know, sometimes it's like, you don't even see 
get to spend time with your kids, man. I'm, these are the most important years of my children's life. Right now. I see yeah. it every single day. You know what I'm saying? When when things go wrong, they, they come running to daddy. Like, hey, daddy, can you help me? Blah, blah, blah. You know? And, and you can't trade that for nothing, bro. Can't trade it for nothing, man. So that's how it is, man. But let's move on to this last question. Last question I have. We've been on for about an hour. It's been good talk, but I want to talk about money. Um, okay. Uh, and I know, you know, obviously we, we, we've woven a lot about the Bible. We've woven a lot about God. Um, but one of the things I feel like, okay, as millennials, that we're not having a conversation about money. And what I mean by that is if you look at the stats, like a lot of our generation is knee deep in debt. You know what I'm saying? Like we're trying to live a lifestyle and we're using credit to kind of build that lifestyle up. Um, and it's actually putting us further behind. I realized that now that it's actually putting us further behind. So, so for like you and your wife, how do you guys approach money as a couple? You know what I'm saying? Like, is there like a certain thing where you guys say, you know what, this is, this is obviously you have goals. You mentioned financial freedom. Right. I want to be free financially. How do you guys approach money and how would you encourage our generation to approach money as a couple? How do we approach money and how will we? Okay. Uh, I mean, it's not an easy answer because we, we, I'm still, I'm still young and we made a lot of mistakes, but I thank God for these mistakes. We were talking about these today that the predicament that I put myself in before I, I, I would never have to do that again because I've done it already. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Square one. Um, again, uh, just say. I mean, no, I, I don't. I don't. I, I'm about to say something, and I'm going to say it. Um, but it, it goes back to God. Honestly, I don't. I don't just honor. We don't honor God with just ten percent of our money. We honor God with the complete one hundred percent of our money because it's His. Right. You know, all things come from Thee, O Lord, and of Thy own have we given Thee. Well, we give our 10%, but we honor him with the whole 10. And we do that by being good stewards. You know, um, we pride ourselves on just being a good steward. You know, a good steward knows what comes to his, into his house and what goes out of his house, you know. Uh, so we, we track every dollar and we have plans. Uh, we know that if we don't tell our money where to go, then it'll just self-direct itself. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. Life will pick at money. Life will take your money away. Oh yeah. I promise all day. You, life will take your money away all day if you don't if you don't if you're not intentional about where you want your money to go. Uh so our biggest things, like we kinda um pride ourselves on like really handling our responsibilities first. First and foremost, handle our responsibilities. So I feel like if you handle your responsibilities financially, then you automatically have a great credit score, right? Because you're paying your paying your bills on time. You, you know, all those things that make up a credit score. If you are a good steward, you're pretty much, you know what I'm saying? You've already done those things. So we're responsible and we pay our bills on time. So bills first, excuse me. Well, bills, we save and we and we try to grow our money. Or we try to put ourselves in a position where we can grow our money by, you know, X, Y, Z. You know what I'm saying? Just basically being ready for any opportunity that presents ourselves, that, that presents itself. And being able to uh, take advantage of those opportunities. 
And the right, only reason, right. only way if you can take advantage of opportunities are if, if if you've been prepared, if you prepared yourself prior to those opportunities. So right. that's how we pride ourselves on money. And we know that we cannot do that if we spend every dollar. You know, if we right. ride around in business, if we, you know, I'm not a big jewelry person. You know, like we can't do those things that stereotypically as a people we're known for doing. So we can't do those things and expect to get where we want to, uh, you know, where we want to be. So uh, that's, that's, the, I, I, that's, if I can say that, that's, that, that answers your question. Excuse me. Uh, that's pretty much what we do. Um, and also, man, I have every example around me of what will happen if I'm not a good steward over my money. Yeah, definitely. You know what definitely. I'm saying? I have every right. example. Uh, so therefore, um, I have no re- I have no reason not to. You know what I'm saying? And and any time that we we find ourselves going backwards, we just have to come together, and uh, you know, refocus, you know, replan and execute. Honestly, right. you know, unity in everything, and uh, again, honoring God with it. You know, we don't if you mismanage it. Then I feel like you know you you mismanaged his you know like you sat on the talents that you could have invested you know as he speak like like the parable with the the, the right. three three guys with the talent the gold talents uh so yeah that's that's us and that's how we do it do do you um is it is it important I mean between your marriage do do you place because I, I feel like a lot of times and and especially I well, I won't say this in just the church but just in our generation we kind of like we don't really want to approach that subject, you know, because money, money, you think about it, right? Money can't lie. You know, money don't lie. If you're doing right, right with it, if you're doing right with money, money's going to tell you, Hey, you're doing right with me. If you're not okay. doing right with it, money's going to tell you, you ain't got me. You know what I mean? That's how we end up broke. Cause money will tell you, Hey, look, it's, 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 it's facts. It's black or white with money. And so right. I feel like a lot of times, um, especially our generation, we don't want to talk about money or kind of get into our details of money because it's going to really reveal who we are as individuals, like our character. You know what I'm saying? When you look yes. at my bank account and you look at my bank statement, you're going to tell what I love and you're going to tell what I spend my money on and what type of man I am. You know right. what I'm saying? And so in our generation, it's like, you know, we want, we want we want the lifestyle like we want like all these nice things but then we don't really want to get down to the nitty-gritty of okay well how do we get there let's look at the dollar dollar by dollar you know what i'm saying like let's look at the facts so do you guys as a marriage do you guys play it place a high importance on it you know what i'm saying like where it's like hey look this is important we definitely do because i mean we live in a economic you know world where economic driven world and Honestly, like money, you just that's just a that's just a fact. However, we don't we put high priority on it, um, but we we see it as just another another resource again that we are to re- be responsible over. You know, we don't put uh, money above love. We don't put money over time time spent. You know, we don't put money. Oh Jesus, I don't know heaven. Uh, <laughs> we don't put dark <laughs> right? I know right. Like we don't put money over over the gifts of god you know uh so with that being said we um yeah i mean we do well but i um i'm definitely blessed that we uh you know or can be on the same page um 
And that's that's simply that's simply that, man. Like if you get, I, man, I promise you, I've been there. You know, I've been there. I've been the person that um that has like put money first, you know, money over everything type of thing. Like I've been that person. You know what I'm saying? So, and I it got me to a place where I didn't like. So, I I had we had to re- refocus and re you know and regroup. I had to I found myself abandoning the the, the, the things that really matter. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, right, right, right. So that's 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 simply that so yes we do put importance over it but again we know that it's not the most important thing and the most important thing is our relationship the most important thing is you know just uh, our relationship with god uh our family and yeah and that's that's basically that you know so we plan out we try to be good stewards right 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 all right, cool. So last last couple questions, man, is um, you know, what what would you leave as a piece of advice for young millennial marriages on how do, how do they create the marriage they love? How do you create the marriage you love? Um, mm, that's a good question. Um, honestly, to love your wife, you know, and treat them as you would treat yourself. You know, if you if you do that, then you can't you can't mess up. You know what I'm saying? You're you're not gonna cheat on yourself. You're not gonna disrespect yourself. So, well, you'll think you wouldn't, right? Well, you, you <laughs> right, 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 right. So you wouldn't want to do that. Let me say those things. Let me say that. So you wouldn't want to do that. It's not good if you did that. So just treat right. them as you want to be treated, and uh, you know, and love them. You know, just love, man. Love, man. Just. Oh, I take it back. Just love, bro. All that I just said. Well, yeah, I mean that's cool and love, but love. If you love them, it right. takes love, man. Especially and not. I love everybody, but especially with um, you know, with black women. Like it takes you really gotta love them, you know what I'm saying? Because like you think we're hurt, like we're hurt, you know what I'm saying? Because of the conditioning and all this, but they're hurt because they had to deal with it. Like, like right. we were exploited and took them away from the home and not in the home, but they got to deal with the house. They they run the house. So they got to deal with, you know what I'm saying, with what's left over. So coming from strong, my grandmother's super strong, and it ta- and say my grandfather deal with her, it takes love, man. Like, it really, you just, you just got to love unconditionally. You have to love. Right. That's, that's good. That's good. Those facts. Definitely, man. All right. Well, hey, where can where can people find you online? I mean, bro, my name is Jory. Like, who, how many Jories you know? <laughs> you. That's it. <laughs> how many Jories you know? Man? How do you spell that? How do you spell that for anybody listening? That's spelled uh, J-H-O-R-Y. Uh, Jory Miller. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at only one uh, under slash uh, Jory. No, because it's so unique, right? So only one Jory. Gotcha. Uh, oh, again, Facebook and every other uh, probably social network as um, as Jory Miller. You know, plain as day. Right. Good deal. Good deal. Well, man, Jory, I really appreciate the time. I really appreciate. It. I think we got some really good nuggets in here. It's going to help uh, some millennial marriages out. So there you have it. Another amazing episode with special guest Jory Miller on creating the marriage you love. There were so many great nuggets dropped throughout this whole conversation, and I know it's going to help some millennial marriages out there. 
So until next time, this is Nick Walters with the Life Recreated Podcast and keep creating the life you love.